The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining me as always, as co-host, we've got Fishing Rick. Walk on, walk on, with hope in our arms. Is that right? Is that what we sing? Are we allowed to sing that, Macca? Oh, you can if you want, yeah. Is that what we normally sing? It's about a pretty crappy football club, but apart from that, uh, go for your life. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't like so, Liverpool, to be honest. Oh, mate, are you going to tell me I'm not allowed to sing my own songs now? Yep. You're the AFL, are you? I am. Yep. Outrageous. Banhammered. Are they going to muzzle us all, are they? I think so. Or is there going to be a Port Adelaide uprising where we're going to defy the evil overlords and petulantly stand up with a minute to go and, and sing our hearts out? Well, look, you never know. I might even no. do it too, This Maka. would be the perfect chance to uh, to sing it when we get a home final. Well, that's what I've been asking for, isn't it? It is. It is. For us to sing it without the music. Absolutely. Then it will be uh, then it will be collectively the purest um, uh, form of uh, doing it. So I'm very Indeed. excited. Well, look. How about we join our uh, guest in this discussion <laughs> for the? Uh, oh, we got a guest. <laughs> we, we do have oh, a shit. guest. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. <laughs> and uh, joining us again, uh, all the way from WA, is T. Cray. G'day, boys. Uh, good to be back on the show. Reporting from a location in the lovely city of Perth. Um, maybe Rick, next time, kick off with a bit of never, never tear us apart. Find some common ground. That's it. <laughs> I don't no, know the word. Never walk alone point. bullshit. Bloody hell. <laughs> Garbage. I need to learn the words. <clears throat> well, T. Cray, what are your opinions on the uh, Never Tear Us Apart? Well, I haven't been over for a game yet, but from the from all the videos I've watched on, on YouTube and PTV, it just looks... It's it's spine-tingling stuff. You get you get the goosebumps just watching it. You can hear the crowd just getting into it, see everyone with the scarves up. It's it's. I mean, it's unique in the AFL. You see it a bit in, in the world game, but in the AFL, there's can't remember seeing anything like it. So it's something really unique that our supporters have really latched onto this year, and I love it. Absolutely. Are you um, are you going on Saturday? Absolutely. I'm, can, um, you, can you get your scarf with a minute to go and stand up in the crowd and sing it? I'll um I'll give it a crack for you, Rick. Uh, yes, good man. Sitting amongst a bunch of Fremantle supporters, though, so not sure the camera will find me, but we'll uh, we'll give Let's it a crack it. anyway. Do it anyway. Just have a couple of brewies, brothies before you, uh, frothies even before you start, <laughs> and, uh, and brothies. <laughs> don't don't go there. Even though we did have a lap dancing uh, bet on earlier in the week, didn't we? <laughs> Who did? Did you did, did you see that on the forum? Not at all. Some, I think it was a Frio poster came on and posted that he made a bet with his missus that if Port win, he's allowed to go to the local strip club and get bloody um, lap dances. Fair enough. No, you missed it, Macca. Good luck. Good luck to him. I think Har- Harold replied. He'll be able to bat me <laughs> up on this one. Fair enough. 
But get out there and sing it, T. Cray. I reckon the, it'll be great. I reckon the camera will still go to you. <laughs> well, we'll find out, I guess. Do you think well, it could be something that could evolve to away games for our supporter base? I think so. Can't see any reason why not. It's um, no. well, we I'm did it at the Collingwood game. We um, we all stood up, put our scarves up um, in the warm up of the Collingwood game. How'd it go? Yeah. The, oh, the, head, the head of the WA group over here, Jeeks, he's, he's planning on doing it for the, before the game behind the goals there. So yeah. uh, I, won't be, I won't be sitting with them, but they're going to give it a crack. So we'll see how it, how it looks. Well, I reckon you should join in with them and uh, just stand up and you know, let them abuse you and you sing with pride. Absolutely. That's it. Copper beer to the back of the head with pride. <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing better. I guess, I guess the other topical thing today has been the... Uh, uh, the wild card system and then the conf- the conference discussion that's been uh, captivating everybody's interest. Is this Gillan McLaughlin's grand plan for uh, for the updated final system? Yes, I think he's been smoking his tweed jacket. To be honest, <laughs> you don't like? I think, I think it's awful. Well, so mm. so three groups of six, and then they all play each other in the last five rounds. No, but then I think now the rumour is that coming into the finals or something, they want like the week before, isn't it? They want seven to play ten and eight to play nine, sort of like a wild card to who makes the finals or some shit. Is that right? I don't know about that, honestly. I don't know. Why, why do we... Is there a sport in the world which stuffs around with its rules as much as oh. the AFL does? I can't think of one. I think it's ridiculous. Just leave the game alone. Stop fart-assing about with it every five minutes and just let it evolve as it does. Like, we don't need to force things here. It's a great game. We've tried our hardest to stuff it up over the last ten years. I think we need to stop fooling around with it and just let it go. Here, here. Yes, I agree. That's my rant for the day. I don't mind the final system that we've got now. I think it's fine. It's a perfectly good final system in a perfectly mm. good league with not too bad rules. Yeah, and I think having a final eight is enough. I mean, history shows that you're not good enough if you finish fifth to eight anyway to win the premiership. So rewarding a few extra teams, what what does it do other than just create another game in finals and a bit more TV money? I mean, other than that... It, you know, why don't, why don't we just, uh, you know, let everyone make the finals and we'll just have a little, a little final system at the end of the year. Stupid. Yeah. That's it. I tend to think we've got a few too many teams in the league, but that's a separate discussion. Well, look, before we get to chatting about the Port versus Fremantle match, let's have a quick chat about uh, Bobby Carlisle. It's his 150th game this week. Um, how do we feel about that? Good old Bobby. It's a great effort. It's, um, you know, he was, what's the word, a, a little bit on the nose a couple of years ago we, with the supporters and probably with the, with the coaches as well. We, I don't know if he was injured or wasn't motivated. There was no real story that came out about it all. But, you know, with, the, uh, with Ken Hinckley coming back and, and Burgess, he's, he's really uh, knuckled down and reinvented himself and he's been a full, fantastic fullback the last two years. And, and especially um, this year, he's been amazing. Absolutely. I think he really epitomises how important coaching and motivation is. Um, 
he had such a good start to his career. His first three or four seasons were very, very good. He cemented a spot in his side. Um, and then it just slowly went downwards, just as Choco's coaching career went downwards. Um, he was, let's be honest, a little bit of a disaster under Primus. Um, but look, something's clicked um, between him and Hinckley, and he's just uh, come on. He's got that four-year contract. We were all a little bit wary about him having such a long-term contract, but he's absolutely lived up to it at the moment, and he's had a fantastic last two seasons. Yeah, he has. I mean, it it could not have been easy playing fullback in a team that under under Matty Primus that was conceding probably. 55, 60, 65 inside 50s a week. That that would have would have played with his mind a little bit, and he might have started having a little bit of self doubt, sort of you know, not not giving it his all, maybe just sort of floating along, waiting for things to happen. But certainly, since the team started to perform a little bit better, I think he's he's got back into shape, taken some more pride in his performance, and he's been he's been a really good player the last two seasons. There's, there's two things here. One would be it'd be great if we could get Ken Hinckley on because it'd be an excellent example of of asking him, uh, you know, what did he what did he do or what did he say to uh, to get him motivated and and change. And I think the the major coincidence here is that he's improved since Troy Chaplin's left. Maybe there's a correlation. You could very well be right there, Rick. <laughs> but then our whole defensive units improved since Troy Chaplin's left. It has. I think the whole so club probably the... has improved. Yes. <laughs> so Absolutely. maybe it wasn't the coaches that were at fault here. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, maybe, he, maybe Bobby just got confused by Troy's uh, constant thing. Of... We got the power to win, power to roll. Well, let's get into it, boys. Port versus Fremantle at Subiaco on Saturday afternoon. The season starts now. Whoever wins gets the fourth position on the ladder and a genuine shot at the Premiership. As we know, statistics say that you can't win the Premiership from fifth spot. Um, You can't even make a grand final from fifth spot um, under the current uh, final system. Uh, The last time we met um, in round eight, it was a come-from-behind victory at uh, at Adelaide Oval with a fantastic effort there in the last quarter to get up. Um, In the corresponding figure last year over at Subi, we got absolutely pantsed. We had nothing to play for last year, though, did we, really? Well, we were playing for a spot. Well, we weren't at that stage. We were playing for a spot in the finals, and in the end, it was Essendon um, coming from behind and having a bit of a sneaky win, which uh, which ensured us a spot in the eight. Yeah. I think at that it's... point, Fremantle were, Fremantle were absolutely firing. If, they were, uh, yeah. They were, they were well on top of their game, and there was a sense from, certainly from, from a Port Sporter's point of view, that maybe we were not throwing everything at them and had an eye on the Carlton game the next week, but... In the end, it didn't matter because Essendon got over Carlton. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into that because we've improved since then anyway. Yeah, I wonder if um, something to our detriment for both the teams this week is we've got so much on the line, so it's going to be a, a physically battered game for all of our players. There's no real luxury to let to rest a player 
coming into the, the first week of the finals, whereas you see North resting players, I think Geelong's resting players. Um, I don't know, maybe it might work against us for not being able to take that advantage or it might work for us to get our players a little bit battle-hardened, but it'll be interesting to see how this game evolves for both of our sides. Yeah, I guess we're all a bit scarred from 2002 maybe where we had that big game in, in the last round of the season against Brisbane and then ended up a bit flat the week after. So, you know, let's hope that that kind of thing doesn't happen again. But, you know, we, we didn't choose this situation, so we've just got to go out there and try and win. That's it. Well, look, uh, some changes to both teams this week. Matty Pavlich comes back in, as does Michael Barlow. Whether Barlow actually plays or not is another matter, but he's named. Uh, Matt DeBoer and Garrick Ibbotson go out for Frio. Um, and just the one change for Port Adelaide this week with Jarman Impey back in the side and Cam O'Shea is omitted. I like it, Macca. Uh, I mean, I, I thought Impey coming in was a was a must for their small forwards and Ballantyne and Walters, which are who are gun players. And uh, I did initially suggest and, and thought maybe Andrew Moore uh, might be the uh, the unlucky guy there. But the more I think about it, I think O'Shea is probably a good a good choice. They're very small and very nimble players. And I, I probably wouldn't liken O'Shea to a, a small, nimble player. And, and the two things that I've, I've sort of noticed with O'Shea is um, he seems to be a little bit slow with disposing of the ball. He seems to take a little bit too much time. Um, so against Frio, you're not going to have that luxury. So I think that's one one aspect uh, which could be against O'Shea for being omitted this week. And also um, the other one is um, his lack of ability to tackle as well. I don't think uh, against Frio that would be a good attribute. Yeah, I think it's just horses for courses, really. I mean, it's pretty unlucky. He's been in fantastic form the last sort of you know five or six weeks since he came back into the side. Um, but as I said, it's just horses for courses. I mean, Jasper Pittard's coming off his... Just about his best ever game. I mean, Matty Broadbent's in good form. Tom Jonas was uh, best on ground last week, so he's probably the unlucky one to come back out. And Impey is a, uh, a fine choice to come back in, given the fantastic job he did on Ballantyne um, in the early game this year, where he really shut him out, um, kept him uh, goalless, I believe, and to I think his lowest disposal count for the year as well. Yep. Well summed up, Maka. I think. It's more our change this week is more about bringing Impy in than it is about dropping O'Shea out. I think if we could play 23, Ken would love to play O'Shea, but there's just someone's got to drop out, and the back line's pretty settled yep. from earlier in the year, and O'Shea's just the unlucky one. I mean, I think a lot of people maybe expected Andrew Moore to go out instead, but look, if you're playing Fremantle, what are you going to want to uh, to drop out of the side a back flanker or a, a contested midfielder? Um, and in the end, I think O'Shea's the right choice to go out this week. Absolutely. It's also interesting that Benny Newton's on the bench as well. Yep, and Kane another, Mitchell. Maybe they're just con- uh, having a, a quick trip home. <laughs> now you're, <laughs> now you're, just, you're just trolling the listeners by mentioning Kane Mitchell. <laughs> He's a fine footballer, Kane. I like him. I can hear the crickets in the background. After I said that, oh, I like him too, Macca. But he's, um, you know, he's the twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth player on our list, and that's where he sits. He's a, he's as good a backup midfielder as there is going around, and 
he gives it his all, so he can't ask for much more. Yep. Well, is he selected because there might be a little question mark on Matt White? Possibly, yep. That could be a reason. Well, he'd say, he seems But I also think he's probably next in line to come in, so mm. either way, I think he deserves a spot on the emergency list. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. So how's this game going to play out, boys? I don't think Frio's been in the form that you were talking about last year in the corresponding game. So I um, I think there is a, a big opportunity, but obviously they're still a quality side and, and can't be disrespected or we can't be complacent. So, um, But I think it's a doable game for us. Absolutely, yep. 100% agree. I think, look, they're completely beatable. I think Fremantle were a fantastic side. They're just not in fantastic form at the moment. Um, they might get it back. Um, come finals time, you never know. Um, you know, they've got a few injuries. I think they're entirely beatable. We've just got to have the right mindset out there. We've just got to play our own game. We know that our own game um, can beat Fremantle, as we showed earlier this year. So we've just got to go out there and give it our best shot. Yep, I think we've got to prepare for Fremantle's best too. I mean, they haven't played that great of late. But if you remember a game against Hawthorne, I think it was two weeks ago, in the third quarter, they just steamrolled Hawthorne and I think they must have kicked seven, eight goals for the quarter and that that was the kind of football that they were playing towards the end of last year that was just about unbeatable. So, you know, if they come out and produce that sort of football, which with everything on the line, you would expect them to come close, we're going to have to be at our absolute best. So I don't think we should underestimate the challenge. There's an interesting... Um stat that I put on the um, Big Footy Power Facebook page uh, today where it was talking about Geelong and how they've conceded five goals or more nine times this year. Port Adelaide's only done it twice. So it's showing the problem that we did have in the past where we leaked a strong amount of or a lot of goals in a row without response. We've really been able to nullify that and I think that's going to be fundamentally important this week uh, trying to keep the momentum of the game and also coming into the finals. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to us being able to apply that pressure. It's yeah. a good stat. Just keep it is a up. good stat. That was, that was off the um, Fox footy um, um, news page. But, yeah, it was something that really uh, uh, caught my attention because, I mean, that was one of the criticisms that we had even last year. We, we couldn't really claw back momentum at times. So oh, absolutely. Really been... There was a number of games last year where we... We're leaking six, seven, eight goals in a row in very, very short periods of time, but that hasn't happened at all really this year. So it's something that they've obviously worked on a lot, um, and it's come good this year, which is fantastic. Anyone want to hazard a guess as to when those two five goal bursts were? One would be Richmond, Adelaide. Could be Adelaide. Could be Carlton in round one. Do you know? No, I don't have a clue. Oh. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <all right. laughs> oh, definitely against the Crows in, in the showdown. Yeah. And I'm not even going to bother looking at Richmond because I reckon that's definitely the other one. Mm-hmm. So how, what sort of game style do you think Freo is going to bring in their, their A game style this week? You know, mass numbers around the ball, try and congest the, um, the play. Yep. At their best, they just they just congest the play. Then they 
break clear and just hammer it to the other end of the ground in, in very quick time. Guys like Walters and Ballantyne, that when they're running towards goal and your your defenders are holding their tail but can't catch them, that's when they're at their best. And that ferocious pressure on the ball, pressure on the ball carrier, that's that's their best football and that's what we'll, that's what I think we'll be confronted with this week. But having said that, I think that our best football is also very good, so we should be able to meet that head-on and hopefully compete really well. So what it's are a perfect we... storm for you, I think, because they're, they're a fantastic contested ball-winning side. You know, guys like Mundy Barlow, Fife, even though he's not playing, you know, Sanderlands, Neil, Subin, they're all really, really good in the contest. They win a lot of contested ball. But they're also very, very quick on the outside as well. You know, guys like Pierce, they've got Stephen Hill, Ballantyne, uh, Waters, uh, Neil's quite quick, Mazungu's quite quick. Um, they're a very, very pacey side. So it's kind of the perfect storm where they, they win a lot of hard ball, get it out, and then they just burst away. And I guess that's kind of similar to what we try and do as well. Yeah, we we probably move the ball move the ball around a little bit more in terms of switching and that kind of stuff. But yeah, pretty pretty similar in overall sense. We probably just don't have the defensive focus they do initially. Yeah. When locking the ball in and that kind of stuff, we're more sort of uh, play the game on its merits. Yeah. So it's really going to be um, once again. You'd love this, Macca. The midfielders are really going to. Probably determine the game this week. You would think so. I mean, if we get on top on the midfield, then you would think we would have a very, very good chance of winning. Um, I think we've got the forward line to beat them. Um, I think we've got the defence to beat them. It all comes down to the midfield once again. So, and while we're while we're at the midfield, sorry, mate. I think we should just quickly uh, comment now that we know officially um, that Robbie Gray did win the uh, coaches award. He did. Well deserved. Fantastic effort. And it'll be interesting to see how he backs it up this week. I'm, I'm expecting a, a massive game from him. Yeah, I don't think he's the kind of guy who would let anything get to his head, so I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll be playing as we know he can this week and hopefully help us win the game. But in terms of the midfield, boys, does anyone think that Barlow actually will play or do you think they're just you know, giving him till the last minute playing mind games, whatever you might want to might want to spin it. I don't think he'll play. I think they'll I be mad. I don't think he'll play either. Why risk him for the whole final series by playing him against us? Mm, 13 days and a broken thumb. That's, that's a pretty short turnaround. I'm actually going to be surprised if they play um, Matty Pavlich. I mean, if Doc Larkins is right and they're... They're risking him being out for the whole final series by playing him this week. Why would you risk it? Yeah. I'm expecting Barlow to come out and Ibbotson to come back in. Um, I reckon Pavlich might play, though. Do you? Yeah. Well, if you if you guys were a coach, though, and the guy's got a niggle, and you, you're playing him, but there's an increased chance that you're going to lose him for the finals, do you just go, well... You know, that's a footy thing and we, we just roll with that? Or or do you really take a safe approach with it? I think because this game is, I mean, even though in the grand scheme of things, this game probably isn't important in the terms that we're both guaranteed finals, we're both in there. If we wanted to rest players, we probably could. But as I said in the intro, 
you know, I mean, this is pretty much the season on the line right now. This is your, your big chance to win a premiership on the line. You can't win a premiership from fifth. You have a big, big chance of winning a premiership from fourth. Um, Frio showed last year that they can go away and win a, a big time final, um, as they did at Geelong. Um, so, you know, I mean, is, is that worth the risk? I think it is. Absolutely. I think what this game is about is the opportunity to go play Sydney and then play them, see if you can win and get the home prelim because that's what will set you up for a shot at the at the flag. You know, losing next week doesn't is, is no good for you in terms of having to then play a semi. So I think both teams need to be come out this week and, and fire and it's fourth spot's huge in the context of the season. I think as far as Pavlich goes, the trouble for Fremantle is that they don't really have anyone to replace him with. Mm. No, well, they've got Matt Tabiner. He's in the side. He'd probably come and play at full forward. Um, but you look at their emergencies, it's only really Jack Hanneth, who's a, a pretty immobile ruckman, um, and Matt DeBoer, who's a, a, a defensive small. Um, so you think if Pavlich drops out, you'd think maybe DeBoer might come back in. They sort of miss uh, McFarlane in a way, don't they? Because uh, they could have probably flipped him up forward and kept Silvani down back or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I think that's that's where I think the situation for both of our footy clubs this week is a bit unfortunate because we've got so much on the line. Um, we can't really afford to take any luxuries like other teams are. And I wonder if that's going to work against us for both the sides um, in the following week as well. Do you think we have the midfield to match theirs? I think we've got probably, once you take Fife out of the equation and question marks over Barlow, I think we've got a better midfield than they do. We're ranked number three for clearances. I think they're ranked number nine, is it? And we've probably got a touch more pace with Pollock and guys like that in our team. So I think we run deeper and in the, in the midfield is where we can get them if we get them at all. The Sandylands versus Lobby battle. It's mm. a bit of a worry. It's a big yeah. one. Loby has struggled against those bigger guys, and he's got a big task this week. Lucky we've got Jacko on the side to create that versatility. I'm pretty sure, I'm going from memory here, but I thought he was quite influential, sort of jumping in and over the top of um, Sanderlands the last time we played. Absolutely. He was just about the match winner in that last quarter. As, as we yeah. know, we subbed off our Ruckman. Um, and threw Trengove in there in the last quarter, and he just about won us the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Poor old Renoff was the uh, sacrificial lamb on that occasion, but uh, Trengove just, that was probably the best quarter that we've seen him play, just about. I think it all comes down to trying to keep their uh, their quicker guys under wraps. I mean, if Hill and Pierce can get on the outside, I mean, I think they average about 10 inside 50s a game at the moment. Um which is uh, which is quite a lot. Uh, it, it would be number one for a, a, a pairing, I guess, um, in the AFL. Um, if we can keep them in intact, uh, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Because I, I think we've got the contested midfield. I think we've got you know guys like Ollie Wines, Travis Boak, Brad Ebert, Robbie Gray. They're going to win their fair share of clearances against their midfield. Um, it just comes down to when Frio win the ball um, that we're right on their hammer. And I guess my question for that is, will we see Matty White come in and do a, a defensive job this week? 
possibly, possibly. Um, who on Hill or Pierce? Which one do you reckon is most likely? I think probably Pierce or even Walters, to be honest. I'd do him on. Um, I'd play Manny White on on Hill in that role, and yeah. maybe put Pollock on Pierce to try and run off him, who can be a little bit unaccountable. Yep. We started Kane Corns on Stephen Hill in the first match this season. Um, Which was no good, was it? No, it wasn't very good. Um, Hill was probably best on ground at half-time. He went off at half-time and, and was subbed out of the game. Um, but he was dominating at that point. Yeah. No, I don't mind the, uh, the Manny White match-up on him. Um, but I guess... You know, the harder he lots down, the more influence we lose on Matty White on the on the flip side as well, though. Yep. I mean, I talk about all their quick guys, but we've got plenty um, to look out for as well. I mean, guys like Chad Wingard, he's in good form now. Angus Monfries is going to be difficult to match up on. Robbie Gray's in fantastic form. He's just about unbeatable at the moment. Um, you know, we've got a lot of worries for Frio as well. Brad yeah, Ebert's yeah. A, a line runner. Years, yep. And we've got Pittard and Impey running running from uh from the back, so it's Yes, the pit dog. Good call. The pit dog. Knew you'd like that one. He's... Do you think Subiaco's gonna suit our style of play? I think it does. I think yeah. it it lets us use our use our, our natural pace advantage, I guess. But you know, it's at the end of the day it's still a it's still a same ground as you play in Adelaide or Melbourne or wherever else, so it won't make a huge difference. But I think it's a hard drive track as well, so we'll, um, we should be good. Yep. The big four. The big four. Let's talk about the big four questions. Time to stand up. T. Cray, I'll start with you, buddy. Well, I've gone this week for big Alapati Carlisle in his one fiftieth. I think Bobby. he's he's uh. He's come back from an injury a few weeks ago, and he's he hasn't played poorly, but he probably hasn't been totally at his best. You know, he's been maybe a touch slow, just feeling his way back into things. So, if Pavlich does play, you'd think he'd be he'd get the first crack at that matchup. So, uh, it's a really important one for us, and he's got to, I guess, get back to his very best football. Yeah, that's a good call. He lined up on Pavlich at the start of the year and uh, and tore him a new one. I thought. And I thought he looked a lot better last week, second game back from injury. So uh, I'd be optimistic that we can get a good, strong game out of him. And uh, I guess he's going to be relying on our midfield, isn't he? Yes, I would think so. Yep. Mm. Mm. What about you, Rick? I'm going the Lobster. Yep. Big Matty Loby. I, I guess my main concern would be um, their supply from Aaron Sandilands. And we, we all know he's just amazing in the, in the ruck. So... Uh, I really think we need uh, Matty Loby to be competitive against uh, Big Sandy, and we also know that Loby seems to statistically struggle against the taller boys compared to the shorter Rutman, so he's the one that I'm hoping to stand up and work well with Jackson in nullifying uh, Sandlands, who's going to be a big role player in relation to Frio's midfield supply. All we want is a contest. We just want a a real genuine contest. You know, I think... Loby, he's been he's been a much improved player for us, but he's had a couple of those games where he's really kind of 
let the other Ruckman have their way. The showdown against Jacobs is the first thing that springs to mind. He just needs to make sure that he's competing. If the ball gets to ground level, he's throwing his, his weight around there, and he just needs to provide us with a contest. Yep. If we have one of those games, like against the Crows, like against Collingwood, where they just waltz the ball out of the middle, there's no way we can win. No. So he's going to be right. He's going to have to be right on his uh, right on his game, Loby. If that's uh, Macca, we won't even get close. No, that's right. Mine's, I guess, on a kind of a similar tack, and I've chosen um, defensive pressure through the midfield. It's their time to stand up. I think they've got some fantastic uh, contested ball winners, um, and they've got a lot of pace and a lot of skill on the outside. In guys like Daniel Pierce, Stephen Hill, uh, Walters, Ballantyne, Mazungu, and uh, Lockie Neal as well. Um, I think putting them under intense pressure as we did in round eight uh, is going to be a real key to this game. I think if we allow them to dictate the course of the game through the midfield, um, I think we're going to really struggle. Um, If we are right on their hammer, choke their space, tackle like madmen, just like they do to other teams, I think we're going to be right in this. Yep, I like it. Absolutely. Uh, Danger man, Rick. Well... Has to be the inverse of what I, uh, the guy that's got to stand up, doesn't it? Um, for me, it's Aaron Sandlands, um, the the man mountain. He just can knock it at will wherever he wants. We need Loby to be really smart, and uh, like we just said, we need to nullify his influence because he's going to be a, a big factor in them extracting the ball out of the middle, which will then give the midfield supply, which will then in turn. Um, require the extra defensive pressure from our midfield. So it's all going to start with Big Sandy for me. Good stuff. T. Craig? I've gone with uh, Michael Walters. He's, uh, nice. he's, he's a guy who was earlier in the season, he's injured his ankle and it's just about everyone thought he was going to miss the whole season. He's come back the last two weeks and looks like he hasn't missed a beat at all. He's just been sensational for them and he is probably, again, if we think of what they were doing late last year in the run to the grand final, he is a really, really dangerous player. He's a player that can kick three or four goals in the space of half an hour, one quarter, and take the game away from you. So whoever gets that matchup, I'm not sure who it will be, but whoever gets it is going to have to be right on their game. Yep. I like that, uh, simply for the fact that I've also chosen Walters. Um, <laughs> hey, and I've added Ballantyne as well. Um <laughs> In the corresponding fixture last year, they kicked seven goals between them, and we really had no answer for them. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see if we use Matty White in more of a defensive role for the first time in, you know, probably three or four months now um, this week, as they, they are the two players that are really going to be able to win it off their own boot. I mean, as you said, Walters has missed pretty much all year with the injury. Um, he's come back in the last two weeks, kicked three goals against Hawthorne, had a fantastic game. Um, but Ballantyne, he's had a really, really good season and would be pretty close to the old Australian squad right now as well. He's, he's had a huge year. As we know, Impey did the job on him in the return fixture um, earlier this season. Let's hope he can do a, a good shutdown uh, job on him again this week. He doesn't seem the type of... Well, he's that annoying player, but he doesn't seem to be a player that we, our club seems to get agitated with compared to, say, a Geelong. So it would be interesting to see how we react to Ballantyne as a player as well this week. Yeah. Because he does seem to suck a lot of players in. Uh, the key to winning, t Cray. The key to winning, I think we've already discussed it. 
just pressure around the ball. We've got to pressure their midfielders, make sure that they don't have the time and space they need to hit their targets and create space for their forwards. As long as as long as we're pressuring that ball and making it difficult for Freeman to move the ball forward, we'll be in the game. The moment it opens up, the moment we let a few loose ones out the back, you know, get them a few goals, let them lock down on us, we're, we're gone. So we have to make sure for 120 minutes we're pressuring the ball and the ball carry. I'm going structures. I think, it, I think our structure against a well-organised side like Frio is going to be the most important part for us this week. So I'm talking about our midfield structure, so we're getting our stoppage structures correct, um, our defensive structure. So as you rightly pointed out earlier, that we're not getting exposed uh, on the counter-attack where their, their small forwards are running onto and into open space. So if we're not structurally correct, um, we're not going to be able to nullify that. And then uh, on the flip side of that, our defensive structure is going to be important in relation to trying to get the quick movement and switch of the ball which is back, which wasn't back when we had Pate and um, and Jackson out. So uh, for me, the, the structure of our midfield and our, especially our defensive structures are going to be the key to winning this week. Yep. Mm. I like it. Uh, for me, the key to winning is finding space to get our running game going. Um, I think if we can win the clearances or, or at least get enough of the ball to, uh, to get it outside to our runners, uh, I think we'll really be in the box seat. Um, I think the ground should really suit our style of play. It's just a matter of winning more of the ball than they do and getting it to guys like Polek, Matty White, Chatty Wingard, you know, Brody, um, Gus Monfries, these guys, and see if we can run them off their feet. Yep. And hopefully when we get it forward, kick straight. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we're still a bit inaccurate last week too, weren't we? Yeah, we were. 20 goals, 20. Yep. Hmm. Should have really thrashed Carlton by even more. That would have been nice. Mm. Well, look, who's going to win? Biggest game of the season to date. Rick, what's your call, buddy? Port, 22 points. Oh. Chad Wingard kicked four goals. Oh, neat. The Chad. The Chad. The Chad. And he won't be, and he won't be petulant this week at all. That's a big ask. Well, I finally saw what everyone was talking about him having that suki la-la. And it would have been stupid to Robbie Gray, for Robbie Gray to pass that ball off to him in that situation, having the shot on goal. So I don't know why he was having a little bit of a uh, sook there, but anyway, all forwards do it. So the Chad's going to stand up with four goals and we're going to win by 22 points. Nice. T. Cray? Well, I don't think we can sit here and, and not say Port to win. So Port by maybe... Two goals. I think it's going to be close either way. So, mate, uh, mate, so. you can pick. You can pick Frio because we we all know Mr. Gutless over here on the left is going to do it in a sec anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, but that that's a good thing. That tends to be a good thing, doesn't it? It does. We don't we don't like him picking Port. Don't yeah. tempt fate, Rick. <laughs> it's not meant to be obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so two goals, you reckon? Yeah, Port right? by two goals, mate. And who's going to be our leading goal scorer? Uh, the Hoff. The Hoff. The Hoff. He'll get the job done. Oh. Actually, that's... I like it. We, we, I'm diverting everything. I, I'm sorry, Macca, but do they have a natural match-up for the Hoff? Would it be um, probably Clark? Nah, Michael Johnson. Yeah. Michael Johnson, that's the one. 
every time. Every time? Yep. And what about your mate Mzungu? Is he going to take 20 marks this week? Well, I hope not. <laughs> I hope we wise up to that this week and stop bloody kicking it uh, straight down his throat like we did last time. I think yeah. him and Duffield must have had about 20 intercept marks between it. Frio by eight well, points? No, I think uh, I think we're a big chance here. As I said, I think we've we've got to get our running game going. We've got to win enough of the ball in the midfield. Loby's got to do a fantastic job on Santa Lands in the ruck. Um, it would be really handy if Barlow uh, didn't play. It would be even handier if Pavlich didn't play. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a big tough ask to win over there. We haven't beaten Free over there since 2008. Uh, so I'm going to say Fremantle by... Uh, 37 points. Jesus! <laughs> what the hell's going on there? Our biggest loss of the year. That is outrageous. And, and I'm going to say Gus Monfries with four goals. You are not a port support. What the hell are you? Take a look at yourself, young man. 37 points. Jeez. Come, come at me, bro. Away by Michael at ground level. Here's a chance for Stevens. Stevens goes high and long towards the goal square. Two and two. Burgoyne almost brought it down. Here's James. He's had a marvellous game. He puts him in front. Brilliant goal. What a classic. Roger James gets his second.